From the pages of the Salt Lake Tribune, straight to your earphones, this is Tribune Sports Radio. Please hang up and try again. Okay, well, because good thing we're starting up right now. Right now? Yeah, we're not doing the introduction anymore. I think yeah. the more casual approach is the way we should be doing this. I like casual. The skinny dipping approach. Yeah, but, but before we do that, uh, move One your mic, mic so there's a little logo in front of it. Uh, do you see like a little indenture? Like this? That's perfect. Okay, perception perception 120. Started. Boy, you sound good. Perception 120. Hey, so welcome to the podcast, everyone. What is this, episode 26? Be a mention. 20 something or other. Yeah, 20 something. But it's definitely in the 20s. Uh, before we jump into uh, introducing all our great panel that we have today, just remind everyone to uh, please go to iTunes, give us a nice five star review, comment on there uh, as uh, per usual. But Goods. don't we want honesty? No, we want re- we want honesty on the comment section. Okay. And, but we want the five stars. Okay. So give us the five stars and we'll move up there. Speaking of honesty, if you guys, do you guys read your comments on the stories you guys write? I do. You do? <laughs> It's brutal. No, I don't. I don't. I. I'm Most of the people like me. <laughs> That's a lie. I'm dead serious. I mean, why do the, why do why do most people like Tony Jones? I'm affable. <laughs> <laughs> the everyman. So uh, let's move on, moving forward. <laughs> Just. Move on. All right, so uh, University of Utah, they dropped a stinker on Saturday against the University of Oregon. No. no, was not a stinker. No. That was a very close oh, ball okay. game. That, I don't oh, think. Oh, man. Are it, we, we going to talk about the, the drop? Yeah, we're going to move on. <sighs> what do you think? Okay, you know what? Now, I'll stop with the new, what do you think? What, do you, what would you say to Halen uh, Clay if you had to take him out for uh, a nice I would ask him. Check? I would ask him. Why did you drop the ball? L- literally, why? And then what? Did he what did he just took. He took. He took. There's, onus. I mean, there's difference was, though. There's a question. If I was a reporter, yeah. I would ask him what was going through his mind at that point in time. Right. If I was his teammate, I would ask him why is he? What? WTF? <laughs> were you so effing selfish? Because that was. I mean, let's keep it real. That was a selfish act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so th- it's different. But if I were a reporter, I would probably ask it differently. WTF in a different form. I don't how that's a how that's a good celebration. I mean, okay, if let's say he's two yards further and actually into the end zone, why is dropping the ball? I, that's not a good celebration. I'm a big. F- if you're if you get there and you're gonna celebrate, you better spike it. Nah, just spike it. At this point, this is what this is what you do right now in 2014. You get into the end zone. You hand the ball to the official. You hand the ball to the official, and then you do the schmoney dance. <laughs> Fair okay. enough. All right, I'm okay with that. You do the schmurder dance. You know, you do you do the schmurder dance. Right. That's for those at home, Tony's moving right shoulders now. back and forth, left to right. I mean, you might get a flag for it, but you do the schmoney dance, and I would have been like, "Yo, on Twitter, Kaylin Clay's doing the schmoney dance." Yep. <laughs> but and, then, and you'd be up 14 to zero. And you'd be up 14 to zero. Right. Other than that, I said, oh, my God, Clay dropped the ball. And you could see it in real time. I didn't even need to replay. Once I saw those dudes pick up the ball, run, pick up the ball and run, I scrum. knew exactly what happened. Because when I was watching on real time, I was like, that looked kind of. Why is the ball rolling out of the end zone? 
That was a that was a Deshaun man. That was yeah. That, that was, was that was Desha- just it was just a completely boneheaded, selfish. Here's selfish here, so act, here's so. my question: Is do you think because he had no one close to him that he start? I mean, was it in his mind that he started celebrating so early that he didn't even think to hold on to the ball? I mean, because the nearest guy was ten or fifteen yards behind him. I think no, if someone no, they, they were close. No? It was about no, five. They were yards. Okay, within so, about five. I mean, if you watch, I mean, watching in real time, what I saw is that the second he got into the end zone, he threw the U up to the fans, and uh, I think he already had a celebration. You know, like he didn't finish strong, which is where probably what uh, Coach Wood says to every single player, every single practice, every single down, finish strong. The best was that someone put a screenshot up on Twitter after, and there, there's a Ford sign in the end zone that says, no joke, go further. And it shows Clay <laughs> flexing in the end zone, and it shows Oregon players picking up the ball, and there's a screenshot of that of a, of the Ford. Truck That's almost signed. akin to like the the run force run to stop force stop. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. I, the the thing that that I'm kind of curious about is how Whittingham addressed it, it behind later. behind closed doors. Right. Yeah. I mean, in fairness to Kalen, after the game, he said he, he, he said it. before anyone says anything, I don't care what the coaches say, what the other players say. This one's on me. That that play was on me, which you, you've got to do. But if you're Whittingham, do you? But do you know do you why? Just blast him in front of the team. Do you do it more generally and be like, guys, let this be a lesson that we need to finish every play, or do you just do you just say, man, your face has been all over everywhere and you've paid enough and just let it go? I, I mean, how if you were the coach, Tony, what would would what, how would you do it? Tony well, the Jones first thing, the first thing. Um, you know, he, he did get at Clay a little bit because he said it's our fault because as coaches, we didn't teach our players well enough to hand right. the ball to the right. official. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's like, that when, that's like when your parents say they're disappointed, disappointed. in you yeah. and not mad. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. So if, 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 I were, if I were Clay, I mean, honestly, if I were, if I were wet, I wouldn't do a thing. I would, I would there are internal guys that there are guys internally that Clay has to answer to. Yeah. I mean, he's got to answer to Kenneth Scott, and he's got to answer to Nate Orchard. I mean, he's got, got – there are so many – there are a lot of respected guys in that locker room yeah. that, you know, that, that, Clay has, that Clay has to answer to. And, I, you know. So you'd let, you'd let the team handle it? I would let the team handle it. I mean, you know, in terms of – Discipline after the fact. I mean, they put the guy out there for the next series, so that that yeah. ship kind of sailed to me. Um, but I mean, it, to me, I, I just think that the public humiliation yeah. was is one thing. But I think that the the biggest thing I think that the accountability to his teammates internally mm-hmm. is what he he really has to answer to. And to and and in many instances, that's the most powerful thing to do. Yeah. That, that you do have to answer to. Kalen Clay was lucky in that the first thing that went through my mind was, could you imagine if Utah was a four-win team at that point? And they were, you know, oh. if they, I mean, they're already bowl eligible, but if, you know, Utah's searching for two more wins or three more wins, or and so you have a chance to go up on Oregon 14 nothing, You the know, let, let's keep it real. I think that Utah would have, if, if Clay had gone into the end zone, you know, if, if the touchdown had counted, they would have been up 14 nothing. If you momentum, took the ball with him into the right, end zone. Right, if he had took right. the ball with him in the end zone. If the touchdown had counted, I think Utah would have had a real shot to win that oh, game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Because the, the, the momentum, I mean, they were defending. 
What yeah. does it do for Travis Wilson? His first big pass, it, right, it, right, seventy-nine right. yards exactly. on the dot. Now I'm not sure they would have won no, the game. No. Yeah, I think that if, I think that if two things would have happened, I think if obviously the touchdown would have counted, and I think if Kendall Thompson would not have gotten hurt, because Oregon didn't have, didn't have an answer for him on the right. edges. I think they would have, I think they would have eventually caught up with Travis Wilson, mm-hmm. and they eventually would have. You know, but that game plan that Utah had offensively that was wrapped around Kendall Thompson. I mean, it was it was brilliant and it was perfect. Because you don't want to have so. to th- you don't want to have to throw against Oregon because right, obviously right. those guys those guys aren't great pocket passers. If they would but would have been able to manage the game and run Booker or run Thompson, right. I think the game started getting out of hand when you know Thompson got hurt. Wilson had to come in and start started throwing the ball. And even think about this: like if Oregon if Oregon grabs the ball at the one and Utah touches him. And Utah gets a stop, and yeah. you know, I mean, I think the fact that Oregon right. scored on that right. play—it's a fourteen that, that point just, swing. Yeah, that right. just, I mean, it, it was a, it was, a, it was a two-quarter hangover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Utah oh, yeah. literally did not—they did not get their bearings about them until the middle of the third yeah. quarter. Right, right. I mean, that's how that's how devastating that play was. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, I, I I get amused at people say, "Well, one play didn't lose the game," and it's like, "Oh yeah, one play lost the game." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm know, with you. Literally, that one play. Lost them the game because they went through the whole the entire second quarter in the days, got down twenty four seven, and they came back and made a game of it. It was thirty to twenty seven, but you expend so much energy rallying, right? And that's why Oregon sprinted to the finish line because the defense, the defense and the offense, frankly, they were they were exhausted. I mean, yeah. that, that was that was an exhausting rally, mm-hmm. and to try to do something like that against Oregon, yeah, you have to play a perfect game. Yeah, you yeah. have to play a perfect game against the Heisman. A Heisman candidate like Mario. Although I think if Phillips hits that field goal and doesn't bounce it off the upright, that that kind of gets them that momentum back on their side a little bit. Although I think I think was that right. when they went up thirty seven twenty seven and that would have made it thirty seven thirty. Yeah, it would it would have gotten them within yeah, a score. A touchdown. And I, I'm still not convinced they would have gotten a stop at that no. point. Oregon, I, Oregon no, gets but, but Oregon like, gets faster as the game goes on. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean yes. they they don't they obviously they they're fast all the time, but. They don't slow down. They, right. don't, they don't seem to get gassed because, A, they have so many options, and, B, that's the whole point of their offense. Right. And Utah's never going to pl- not going to play another player as good as Marcus Mariota this year either. I mean, that guy just – Marcus Mariota is just he's, – he's a franchise quarterback. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I would go that far. I wasn't sure of it. I mean, but you look at some of the throws he makes on the run. You look at some of the – the pinpoint accuracy of his pass. He can make every NFL throw. He's got 4-4 speed, and he's smart as a whip. I mean, he is hes really good. That game reminded me of when Utah went up 14-0 on USC a couple of years ago. Do you remember yeah, that? When, yeah, when, yeah. when Orchard stripped Barkley and ran into yeah, the end zone, right. they had all the momentum going for him, and then they just couldn't get back into it, and USC rallied. So, And I think USC was really highly ranked that year, yeah. too, when they came they in. They were number one in the country? I, I think yeah, they, I think I think they, they were, yeah. yeah. There was a big – Disparity in the talent there. Right. No, true. Ago. But yeah, I'm just saying. But they, right. they jumped. They jumped on a on a really good team. That was when Starlo to Lele just yeah. like dominated the whole first right. quarter. Yeah. And, and it was just yep. like, oh my God, Starlo to Lele is a beast. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, speaking of one play that uh, did change the uh, fate for a Utah-based team, uh, LeBron James and the Cavaliers came to town, and uh, the Utes, uh, Utes <laughs> the Jazz were able to take care of business with Gordon Hayward with the uh, two second left on the clock shot. Tony, you were at the game. Uh, emotions, did you think they had a chance to come back uh, to win this? 
Uh, what were your thinking? I, I, think I, I, want to, I want Tony to describe what he did on press row when Gordon hit that shot. Because I've I've been sitting next to Tony when a guy hit a game winning shot when Jalen hit that that half court shot and Tony left out of his chair was like oh my god <laughs> so tell us man <laughs> well um, I I knew when the ball was in flight that I had a chance to go in I was like that has a shot and then I. Went where to were my, you were you yeah, up wait, over were one you? of the entryways yeah, okay. I was over one of the entryways. And it was just, I mean, he made the shot because I, I was convinced that they were going overtime and that LeBron was going to continue exerting his will. He was going to end up with 40 and the Jazz were going to lose. Um, I was like, if they're going to win, they better win right now. And they did. And I went to Twitter and I said, oh, if I could, I would say the S word. <laughs> Gordon Hayward. And... um you know, it was just, I mean, me and Aaron Falk and Jody Guinnessy, we were just like, wow, he really hit that shot. Because <laughs> we were shocked that, you know, that the Jazz hit that shot, and then we were shocked that it was Gordon Hayward that hit the shot. Um, and we it we was, talked about this last week on the podcast where it's like uh, Gordon gets this big contract, and, you know, uh, up at that point, where were they uh, one in three before the Cavaliers game? Yeah, they were they one in three. three. And with a, a shot like that and a momentum, it seems like he's, he puts the team a little bit on his shoulders, and obviously he was the one barking, give me the ball, give me the ball, and that's kind of what you want with your big dog on the, you know, on the, on the court. Well, he looks like a max player right now. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's at around 19 points, six rebounds, and five assists a game. Um, had 30 last night. Yeah, against Indy. With eight rebounds and five assists. I mean, he dominated that game. 11 of 15 shooting. I mean, yep. he was he – was, I mean, nah, well, he was, getting, game he was being guarded by Chris Copeland. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty convinced I could score buckets at this point on Chris <laughs> Copeland. But it doesn't take away from, from, from it being impressive because, you know, I mean, there were times where he was just, he was just fantastic. And I, I just think. Well, you're, you're a whiz when it comes to this. Because anyone who's not following Tony Jones on Twitter, you should. But, you know, you, you know so much about it. And this year, now that you finally ha uh, you have this beat that you get to watch him, I mean, have you had interactions with Gordon? Have you, what, do you, what do you see with him? Is there a maturity level that's I see a, I see a kid that's really confident and that he, uh, he, he knows it's his team. And he knows, I mean, I, I just think that the added weight gain and the muscle gain this summer has done wonders for him, not only physically but mentally. You know, there were times in, in that he – there were times last year and years past, he gets to the basket, he get bumped off his path, he doesn't get the call from the officials, and, you know, he sulks for two or three plays because he didn't get the call from the official. And he's, he's just so much better than that right now. Like, he gets to the basket – he gets the foul call or he scores or he makes something good happen for somebody else. Um, he's making shots from the perimeter and it's opening up his whole game. I mean, he's always been a good defender. He's always been a good playmaker. He's always been a good rebounder and all those attributes are still here, but now he's, he's becoming, he's becoming a big time scorer and he's just becoming a big time player all around. So, um, you know, people say, Hey, the jazz need a number one guy. Well, it kind of looks like they have him a number one guy, and I would have never said that 
before the season? Well, they were talking uh, last year about, and if I'm wrong on this one, uh, blow us up on the inter- interweb on this one, but they were saying like uh, he was going to get max money no matter what because the Jazz had no other options out there trying to pull for Dennis Lindsay to draw in there. I mean, is this just kind of the best of both worlds that the guy that we drafted is turning, kind of growing and developing into the player that the Jazz well, need? That's what they do with Alec too, right? I mean, yeah, well, Alec is a little different than Gordon because they're actually playing, they're actually paying a lot closer to market price right. for Alec. Um, and at this point, I mean, I'm saying they're overpaying for Gordon, but are they really overpaying for Gordon now? Um, yeah. no. You know, so. But you need a marquee win on the season no matter what, when you're in your sizzle reel for trying to sell season tickets. Well, there's 82 of them. So, yeah. I mean, you can look at the Jazz. You can but look it's at good the to Cavaliers. get that one sizzle reel taken care of early in the year, too. You can still say that, but they're still three and five. So, yeah. I mean – you know, you gotta win the marquee games. Yeah, they they got marquee wins, but you also gotta you also gotta beat the Indiana Pacers with AJ Price on the road. You know, you gotta win those games as well. You know, that's the thing for a young team, and that's that's how you win in the NBA is you you win consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, you win the games that you're supposed to win. Those those are the teams that win 45, 50, 55, 55 games. You know, I mean, I can't imagine the San Antonio Spurs walking into to San Antonio, even on a back-to-back – I mean, Indiana, even on a back-to-back and losing to the Indiana Pacers. Now, I mean, obviously we're talking apples and oranges from reigning the Jazz. Reigning champs to the Jazz. To the reigning champs. But that's, you know, a, a, another good example is you look, at, you look at San Antonio last night against the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers were up the entire game, and I knew that the Spurs were going to win. Like – it was just – I was just like, I don't even know why I'm watching this game. The Spurs are going to win. And sure enough, the Spurs came back and won because they just make winning plays over the course of a 48-minute NBA Well, game. they're just the smartest team in the league. Right, and that's that, what the – they're, the, the they're not the most talented team, but they're the smartest and team that's in the how, league. And the Jazz have to play like that. Right. That's how they when, – when the Jazz ultimately start winning, that's how they're going to have to right. win, the Spurs way, because right. they're not going to be more talented – than everybody else in the league on a night-in, night-out basis to where they can just eventually blow past teams. They're going to have to grind it out. They're going to have to be like Terminator cyborgs, <laughs> always hit shots, still be there, and then win them at the end. Does Quinn Snyder have the pedigree to get them there in, in the next two, three years? Well, I mean, pedigree means accomplishments. So, I mean, obviously no, but he has the coaching smarts, and he's he's – He's. A, I think that he's a very good coach, and I think that I think that the Jazz in three years are going to be quite good. You said um, before the season started, you th- could see this team winning forty games. You, do you see that? Still, I, as I'm a still saying thirty-five to forty. What What do they have to do? They got. Order? They have to beat people like the Indiana Pacers when they're playing AJ Price. So when they got the dredges, they take care of business, and then scrape a uh, scrape a couple wins against the Cavs. Scrape a couple, you know. Well, it seems right. like to me, Favors, Hayward, Cantor, they fared well. I think the Jazz need more from their backcourt. I think Burks and Burke have struggled a little bit this season, right? They have a real problem with their backcourt right now, particularly their point guard spot. They're not getting any offensive production from Trey Burke. More concerning is they're letting people like AJ Price score twenty points on them, and. Kevin knows who A.J. Price is because his favorite team has played against A.J. Price about eight times during A.J. Price's career. (laughs) I know who A.J. Price is because my favorite team has played against A.J. Price about eight times in his career, Um, his college career when he was at UConn. If you ask any 
casual NBA fan just go up and say, hey, who's A.J. Price? What team does he play for? They would look at you and they would be like, Ronnie you're Price? crazy. <laughs> 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 they, you might know Ronnie Price before A.J. Price. <laughs> um, the guy is a third point guard in this league um, at best. He was pretty much out of the league a, a week ago before – you know, a desperate Indiana team claimed him off for waivers because they had so many injuries to their point guards. And he scored 22 points on the Jazz last night. That's unacceptable. And that's when you have a real defense problem at your point guard position. When a guy like that is basically coming in from working at Walmart and dropping in 22 points on you. I like uh, pop culture references when it comes to this. If you had to describe the Utah Jazz at this now using a movie, uh, which of these four would it be? I was going to say hip-hop album. We could do that too next, but uh, let's go with the Goonies, Ghostbusters, The Outsiders, The Walking Dead, or The Wizard of Oz with uh, Glenda Frank Center. How did you come up with that random list? Uh, was that was random. Well, that's why I wanted to know why. The, from the Goonies, the Wizard of Oz. I mean, that's just. Well, we needed range it. because I needed you to kind of really indulge into this. I, I asked hard hitting questions. So I'd hard. go with the Goonies, just a young, callow group trying to find its way amongst the monsters that just keep popping up. Jeez, man, look at this guy. So, I who's mean, Chunk on the Jazz? Dennis. <laughs> Ennis, the Ennis? strongest dude, just like really <laughs> nice, really nice. Just like you can rely on him. Guys. To be there. Hey, <laughs> Man, we just, we just, Ennis, we just went can you down. go get that rerun? <laughs> <laughs> See what you've done, man. See what you've done. Um, with um, I was uh, somebody was uh, I was the Cavs game. That I was watching. I was uh, it was at the work at the bar during this time, and I w- we didn't actually get the game, so I'm following it on Twitter and stuff like that. And I'm always, I want to kind of talk about this for a minute uh, because you're a prodigious twi- uh, guy who tweets. And like I said, you really should follow Tony on online. He's great. But uh, how important is to for you and when you're tweeting? What are you thinking about? Is it your- that's what I was going to ask? Really? It's like we're the same mind. Okay, because I'm curious about this because it's sometimes like. You're so good looking. You should just tweet with your dude, with with, with dude, a photo. That, that's attached. that's a different conversation for a different day. We're talking okay. about Tony Jones. But, <laughs> no, but is it where is it in terms of just straight coverage like uh, uh, favors with the rebound? You know, to uh, th- uh, observations you see there because I've done games with Kevin before, and you're like we talk about tubas more than we talk about the game. You know, like there's uh, trying to kind of uh, encapsulate the spirit of the event, but. When you're tweeting, what is uh, wh- who's your audience you're looking for that? Like, what kind of insight are you trying to bring well, to that? When I tweet, I, I always think of um, – I always try to engage the fan base. Mm-hmm. So when I'm tweeting, I'm always like, hey, you know, I want to have as much civil conversation as possible <laughs> with uh, the Jazz fan base. Some people aren't so civil. Some people are incredibly civil. So Some people are incredibly uncivil. And that's why I say aren't so civil. Oh, aren't so civil, yeah. You guys yeah. are freaking me out, man. You know, like uh, I was doing the uh, 5A championship girls game, and uh, I made a comment that one of the girls did a sliding tackle that would have made, you know, the, the, a Bruce Lee-style sliding tackle that made the sensei happy with it, you know, and it got blown up, lots of retweets. And I don't know about you guys, retweets are great. You know, favors are decent, but retweets are where it at. But Dude, I don't get re- this guy. Yeah, this, that's This what, is the guy who gets retweeted. But uh, – 
It's <laughs> where is, uh, but in terms of just uh, writing your gamer at the end of the night, you know, do you draw upon your tweets with that? Is that sort of like a, a shorthand notebook that you use? Oh, yeah. Or I, I use that. I mean, I just go off the top of my head, man. I just let it fly. I, just, I do right, look wrong. I, whatever. I do look it over. Like, I mean, do you go back and delete them? Uh, not really. Yeah. I I'll delete maybe one or two tweets mm. in my time. Well, because I think we're all smart enough not to be dropping f bombs, you know, and yeah. uh, and to call people out specifically, you know, like I'll, I'll meet you in the parking lot after this game, Derek Favors, you know, or, I mean, or, or to buy you, him a soft serve. You would think, you would think that we're smart enough for that, but I mean, I try, I I I, I always try to like think of the fan base first and and engage them and and you know just kind of. You know, have thought provoking. But is there but is there a fine line between maybe telling them what they want to hear and interjecting your real opinion? I mean, are you afraid to sometimes? Oh, I interject my opinion all the time on Twitter. Right, but I'm just saying that. Do you have to? Do you feel like you sometimes have to toe the line? I do. Um, There are some people who, like I, you know, I talk about Ennis on Twitter all the time, right? Especially defensively. And then, you know, there are always people that are like, well, why are you always getting on Ennis? You'll never say anything good about Ennis. And I'm like, I do say good about Ennis. Why don't you do some research and read my timeline? <laughs> or go to, how you or say go, it. Or go to sltrib.com and read Tony's stories. Well, sure. Even yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, Tony. Same, <laughs> kind of, same kind of question for you, though, CK. It's like when you're uh, doing RSL games my and bad, stuff, Kev. like uh, what's, what, how do you utilize Twitter? Is it just to kind of set – are you just trying to set the table for what – I use it as an – I really do use it as a notebook thing, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Soccer is much easier than basketball, though, because there's it's there's so few plays it boils down to. I mean, except for I mean, even bas- I mean, you could say the same thing about basketball. I mean, I, I doubt Tony and Aaron are looking at the first three quarters of that Jazz Cavs game and really utilizing anything from it. It's basketball really boils down to the plays, and the plays are generally made in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. So, do you ever? Um is it a responsibility as a reporter in this day and age to be active on Twitter? Unfortunately. Is it for me, unfortunately. Fortunately for Tony Jones, because he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan of Twitter. I don't, I don't really like throwing my opinion out there because I don't feel like I know what I'm talking about. Because I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree with that. Well, I mean, there's – I could say I'm watching – like during the World Cup, I could feel like I could say something about – what, Germany's what Germany did to Brazil yeah. seven to one, and it's like, well, it's kind of obvious what they did seven to one. Or it's, you know, Gordon Hayward hitting an amazing shot. It's like, yeah, he had an amazing shot. It, I, I just, I think so often it's it, the obvious speaks for itself. Do you ever worry that your work might suffer because you do draw upon tweets which are taken in the moment, and then when you're writing up, yeah, it, it, that's that's the that's the that's the thing that 21st century newspapers have to figure out is how you how you let go of information on Twitter for free mm-hmm. or actually taking the time and then punching marketing up a, it, punching up it. a few paragraphs and mm-hmm. then putting it on sltrip.com and teasing and saying, hey, so-and-so said this, question mark, tease, dot, dot, dot. So I, it's it's interesting for sure. Um, but, it, but I think um, in the moment, especially at night, like it's so weird people don't usually work until 11 or 12 at night like we do. Like, yeah. Tony knows, you know, he's on the road and he's riding, you know, a Jazz Clippers gamer until, like, 11.15. And for some reason, people are still awake, like, following us and asking us questions. One, it's like, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> two, and it, two, 
it's it's just it's just a a weird dynamic because I mean obviously during the day we have shoot around or training or whatever but really for the most part the work that the the workload comes really late at night and that's when you have to focus um and obviously that's when people aren't totally stoked to go to a website because they're lazy and um twitter really presents an avenue for free information do you I, ever I, just I, one other just a follow-up on that really quickly say and uh this is definitely not meant to be disrespectful but i mean disrespect while, me all the time i like it with you uh, on twitter i mean do you feel like sometimes you might miss miss things like trying to put something oh, yeah. together like yeah. is it and also I'm because we talk about this on all these podcasts. Is a lot of to me, it's like the experience of going to these games. It has very little to do with actually what's happening on the field mm-hmm. or the court or the baseball diamond and stuff like that. Do you uh, do you worry that maybe you would tweet something out and maybe Nate Borcher would say like, "Screw you, I'm not talking to you." Yeah. Or I mean, uh, it's that's Beckerman says that's, you're that's a, the, a jerk. That's the life of a beat writer, though. You have to. You're just adding you an extra to, avenue. You have to toe a line because everyone, you know, even after the Utah game, I saw some Utah fan extraordinaire Twitter account said, "Dear Utah media, don't be blanks and ask tough questions." Um, and and I think there's this there's this idea to these to the fans in Utah that the Utah media is weak, but you do really have to be careful. You can't come out and say, you know, if, if theoretically, you know, Utah blows a game you, you can't have a beat writer come out and say well do you think you should be fired coach Whittingham or or even after RSL got blown out in an elimination game I can't ask Jeff Kassar well do you think your job's on the line I mean you really have to take everything into context rather than being so hyperbolic about the situation I, I mean I, I could be wrong I don't know what 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 other people in the room think um, but it is an interesting you know thing because as Tony knows, like you, when you have players who you cover follow you on Twitter, it is it is sometimes it's not doesn't make me nervous necessarily, but you and it's not like you have to watch what you're saying, but there is there is an outside chance that you could piss someone off, yeah. and that's just the point of Twitter is that that is really the one time that you kind of voice your opinion as a beat writer, yeah. be, like when you're writing a story. Though, or if you're a columnist, you can yeah exactly, you can put but, it but in any right weekend, exactly. Once but Twitter is is the avenue where you as a beat writer who you're supposed to remain objective you're you're opening yourself up to to I got a question though okay let's let's hear it I I wanted to stop talking do you think that (laughs) (laughs) do you think that I tweet about the Redskins and I tweeted about the Hoyas and I get a lot of good feedback from that do you think that humanizing yourself a little bit oh it's it's great with absolutely with with your followers no that's why that's why that's why I really think Tony you're good at is because People like following Tony Jones because at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night, they're watching the same Celtics Cavs game. That's Cav, what, what do you think, Mr. Online Editor? No, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just, I, I, I'm just, I want to hear, I want to hear what the boss has to say. <laughs> but, 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 but what Kevin would say, Tony, is how do we take advantage of Tony Jones' popularity and personality and get it into benefiting the Salt Lake Tribune more than twittercom Trib. My associate has answered your question, Mr. Jones. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. What is, 
I agree. I, I agree with Tony on this point, though. I said, you know, it's like I, I only knew you peripherally before starting here because of our uh, common basketball friends that I got kicked off the team and you got you know, my spot. Eventually. That's a story that needs to be told. And yeah. Tony needs to have the chance to. What, we, what, what story? Oh, uh, the, Pete, uh, the Pete story with me getting they moving the, the basketball team around. I was on the team and then I got bumped off it. But they uh, kicked him off because they heard that you were a better scorer and he's still bitter about it. No, I'm far from bitter about this. But in every probably <laughs> in full oh disclosure, God. Benny I've, I've and I've never I, heard this story. No, Benny no joke. I, I've never heard this story. Seriously, oh yeah, we go t- fishing about once a month, and it comes up every dude. Single you took his time. spot in the rotation. Yeah, they wanted this no, is, no. They took he took his roster. Oh, spot. he took my roster. They tossed spot. him off the roster. But he's a point guard. He's a power forward. What <laughs> That's what doesn't make sense, right? They wanted Tony so bad that they said Ben. I'm sorry. They didn't even tell you. They just oh, didn't no, they, renew your contract, well, they right? Knew, yeah. well, Who was this? Uh, ah! <laughs> Pete, Pete and John and Frank and all those. You were on that team? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. loved me. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they didn't love me. me because they knew I wasn't able to play one, uh, Thursday through Yo, Sunday and stuff. And so they you played up, with Pete and John and Frank? Oh, I, I did Pete's wedding, You took sakes. his roster spot. At Franklin Covey? Yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so <laughs> so they I get I, bumped, <laughs> I got bumped off the team, and when they said they moved it to a night that I couldn't play on, and then I I've never seen the guys like oh, a couple of months later. I go, so who's playing my spot? Well, you go, and Peter Collister, same guy. Oh yeah, P- yeah, Peter Collister couldn't have two of Peter Collisters on the same team. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Peter Collister plays, and he <laughs> this is a flamethrower. He plays like a. I would go to the basket, and I would hit Frank in the hands with a beautiful Norwood pass. And just watch as it just dribbled out of bounds Fess. off of his hands. Is this was this dude Fasenko level? He's like six seven. I mean, now the greatest thing about Frank is, you know, guys will try to take advantage of me on the defensive end, and Frank would just come over Lay and just pick. clothesline. People. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> <I mean, laughs> great. Well, you would have liked me because I would have. That's all I did was clothesline and uh, set moving screens for guys. But anyway, my question, my point being tying this back to the Twitter thing, you know, was that uh, I. Didn't I knew who you were prior to ever meeting you, and I, I had a pretty good sense of who you were. Not had nothing to do with the basketball game, but because of your presence online, you know. And what? <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing to me as well. Are you still on that team? I got suspended from a league. What? Want to pull out playing with that team? We should have started with this. Keep going. Yep. And what happened? Don't stop. Um, I got two technical fouls. For what? Uh, one was from arguing with the official. What was the call? Was it justified? No, no, no. What was, oh, what okay. was the call? What was the call? They called me for uh, a palming violation. Oh, and wow. don't. And I, mean, I have such in, in good rec- handles. Right. Don't call palming on me. Okay? <laughs> Trav- travel- okay? Is traveling traveling's a little less harsh than palming? And, so, no, and then the second one was I got fouled on a breakaway. By, I fouled on a break on a breakaway by a dude who had been following me all day, and I got up and I just pushed him. And then there was a second. One hand or two hand? It was two hands. It was squarely in the chest. Um, Did he hit hardwood? No, he didn't hit the hardwood. But he did So he he did that. Hands up. Hands up. And then everyone, everyone, boom, like a baseball fight. No, no, no. (laughs) Second technical foul. Your teammates didn't have your back? No, they were like, Tony, go sit down. So second technical foul. I got kicked out of the game. Uh, Kelsey was there. Kelsey was like, Daddy, why would you push that guy? And so, you know, I'm watching I'm watching the game, and then they're like, sir, well, per league rules, when you get kicked out of the game, you have to leave the building. 
So we're going to escort you out. So I got escorted out, and per league rules, I got suspended for three games because I got kicked out of a game for a contact technical foul. <laughs> and, and Did you wait the, in the parking lot for the oh, guy? Well, I haven't heard the worst. Uh, oh. The worst of it is Michael Anastasi somehow got wind of this oh, no. and put it in his transactions. do you have so the next day in the transactions of the salt lake tribune (laughs) tony jones gets suspended for three games from the franklin Covey league (laughs) that is tremendous i hope you saved the i hope you saved the clipping i hope you saved the i said i went into his office i said mike i said you know that was incredibly embarrassing what you did he was so you know how Mike Michael looks at you, you know, he looks at you and he goes, "Well, next time you'll think twice before getting kicked out while you're a, a representative of a tribune." <laughs> <laughs> while your kids are there, man, come on, dude. Yeah, so what? So Tony's getting ejected in front of his kids, and we're talking about Kalen Clay dropping the ball. So if well, if, if you're I mean, Tony's coach, what do you say to Tony? That's true. Let's go, let's go full circle. You've been on the team. You understand the team psyche. What would you say? First Coach? off, we bring in, uh, we bring him in. All the guys take a knee. Helmets <laughs> not a chair. Get a hand There's in no there. Helmets in basketball. <laughs> well, it's it's a rough league. Yeah, okay. <laughs> helmets not a chair. Look at it and say, Tony, we got your back on this, but we need you to sit down for three day three games. Come back, clear ahead, and keep bringing that thunder on the court. <laughs> I came back and, and don't I, palm the ball. And don't palm the ball. Don't palm the ball. Palm the ball. That is the most ridiculous rec league. <laughs> it was horrible, man. He can't even keep it together, man. <laughs> it was it was it was absolutely <laughs> horrific. You you cannot call Palmin on a star of Tony's stature. I mean, I went This is unbelievable. I went at a dude, I crossed him over, got into the lane, and like I went Then I crossed over again. And okay, then, okay, but then that move that you just showed, okay, because yeah. Unfortunately, can't it, was it. it was the Allen Iverson. Tony is reenacting the move. It was the Allen Iverson crossover. There was clear palming. You went from underneath the ball on top. Whatever. I would have called it too. He got yeah. you. Absolutely deserved. And that you would have felt the thunder, the brunt. I would have <laughs> glared at you like she Wallace. I would have tossed you so fast. <laughs> You wouldn't have gotten the chance for the second one. You would have been an, an embarrassment to your daughter at that point. Dick Bavetta would have just <laughs> oh, sent him to the show. Oh, showers. well, here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Speaking of that, like, I go, Kelsey, you want to come to my games? Are you going to get kicked out of this one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame her. Absolutely. I mean, you got to go for the show. If you're going to go, daddy better put on a show. That's true. Like, are you going to are you going to be around for the end of this one? Kelsey always says, "My She's trolling you." When dude. you when you see Kelsey the next time, just ask her about that and she'll. Now she she'll, plays ball too. Has she gotten yeah. tossed? Has she no. inherited her father's ability to get tossed? Temper. I would kill her. What? What would your, your I don't mother, care. Your I don't mother care. is okay I don't with care. you getting tossed though? Come I don't on, care. <laughs> I don't care. I have told Kelsey I've told Kelsey, I was like, we don't talk to the refs. We don't talk to the officials. Do as I say, not right. as I do. Right. <laughs> what, what is her response to that? Huh? What is her response to that? Okay, daddy. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness to Tony, that was a relatively rough league. You know, I mean, it was about a, I'd say Frankly. it's a step below, a step below church ball. You know, with the way they throw elbows. Oh, and you stuff. should have seen us when we went to Mill Creek and played in a competitive league. How was that? <sighs> 
was tough. Way too many former high school uh, stars uh, trying to relive some Uncle Rico moments out on this court. Oh, uh, actually, Mill Creek was former college stars. Oh, uh, it's even worse. They were good. Utah players. A couple of Utah State guys. Yeah. We played in um, we played in the um, um, the Mill Creek competitive league. We got we had a really good team, um, and we ran into. A team that had a couple of former uh, Westminster guys, a couple – actually, Tyler Newbold, who I oh, covered really? at Utah State, and he was guarding me. Raining threes on you. Tyler – no, he was posting me up. Okay. He was like, Tony, don't take <laughs> this personally. Because Tyler, Tyler Newbold's 6'5 and strong as an ox. Yeah. And I'm 5'7. Strong and as an ox. Tyler was shooting over me the whole time. Now, did you play in college, Tony? Yeah, I did. Where'd you play it? I played at uh, the uh, I played junior college ball at Naugatuck Valley mm-hmm. in Connecticut, and then um, at Southern Connecticut. So um, played two years of junior college ball. We went. We actually went to the, to the nationals. Um, we were good. Did you? Yeah. I, I, so I mean, you know, we're well, giving my, you a hard time, but you actually can play. Well, my question was, did you ever get called for palming? Yeah. Was that your first no. palming call? Actually, no. That's not a surprise. No. Uh, on another question, so where's where's some of the best pickup games in Salt Lake City, in your opinion? Um, the one I'm about to go to, twenty four in Sugar House. Twenty four Sugar House is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I answered twenty four hours in Sugar House. Lifetime Fitness is really good. Um, what about outdoor? I mean, would uh, they let Benny and I just walk up? I don't play outdoors. You don't play. Uh, you got to shoot in at twenty four. Really, Tony? Tony you would play? never. Tony would never come play with us miscreants at Liberty Park. I used to play at Liberty Park, and then yeah. I saw a couple of people get drawn guns on. So, sure, uh, it's all good, man. I mean, my it's daughter good. was there for that okay. one too. Well, then. I've seen so, punches thrown at Sugar House before. Punch, punch it. Yeah. I I went to Sugar House one time this summer, and I saw like the level of competition, and I was just like, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm good. What is it about? I guess there might be a, a narrative of why outdoor pickup games are a little more testy than indoor because <clears throat> you got more I, witnesses i got a win great i got an easy answer for this so when you go to sugar uh, 24 hour fitness and sugar house and you play at 12 o'clock the clientele that you're getting you're getting good players but those guys have to be back at work at two okay. o'clock okay. okay so they're coming in to get their run get a shower and, and go back to work when you go to Liberty Park on a Sunday, <laughs> those dudes do not need to be. You're at getting <laughs> uncle, you're getting Uncle Bubba, who has had about five shots of Cuervo at the family picnic. He has no shirt on. He has jeans and beat up tennis shoes, and he comes out with a bag in his hand. Like, Yo, I got next. <laughs> Who's running with me? <laughs> that's what you get at Liberty Park. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's two different things. That's awesome. Those, who's, who's harder to defend? Huh? Who's harder to defend? Oh, Uncle Bubba. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because he's got Uncle his bag Bubba, in one hand. Uncle Bubba <laughs> comes out. He's got the ball, and he dribbles 75 times before he makes a move. And you just, like, look like, yo, dude, make a move. And then, like, he, like, makes a move because you're asleep and you're comatose. And he scores, and he's talking junk at the end. Of, and then you, like, want to go back at him. So you go by him, but he doesn't really know how to play basketball, so he chops your head off on the way to the basket. Would he ever call you for palming, though? 
No. There you go. So you're good. No, because those those calls on at, at Liberty Park are not allowed. I see. So uh, no no Paul. There's not a lot of calls at Liberty Park. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. No, there's not. There's I saw not a lot of good. Players, I saw Bill yeah. Orem hit a full quarter shot once on a bet at like eight in the morning. Just a shout out for. Was he? Uh, did he? Was he? Had he been up all night? Or no, I mean it was. My buddy and I and Bill, we were playing, and um, Bill said, if I make this half-court shot, someone has to buy me lunch. And my buddy made the bet. And Bill, on the first try, there's video of it, too. Net. From half-court? Nothing court? but net. Full court. Oh. <laughs> Nothing oh, but net. Lord. Huh. That's all I have to nice. share. Well, hey, Tony, we know you got to get to that game, so we want to thank you for coming. <laughs> what, we, about we, what, we get, uh, what about me? What about me? What do I have to get to? The, we got another entry into the mailbag. Oh, we do? Yeah. Oh, my good. Who, uh, well, go ahead and read it for us. It's our good buddy Jerry from East Magna again. East Magna. Oh, boy. Yes. Jerry would like to know. He's uh, sending a jazz question. Mm-hmm. He'd like to I'll know from the esteemed panel who the jazz should be looking for to draft uh-huh. in the June draft. Jerry from Magna. East Magna with the DeLon Wright. Not DeLon Wright. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> the Jazz should be looking to draft Carl Towns from Kentucky. He is a seven foot one power forward who can shoot three pointers, score mid range, and score with his back to the basket. Isn't that just Enos Cantor? No. Emmanuel he's Moody. He's so much more athletic and fluid than Enos Cantor. And he's got three, he's got. More range on his jump shot, and he's got three more inches in height. So that's the guy you should draft if you were the Jazz. However, here's the problem. I don't think the Jazz are going to be bad enough to get him because I I suspect that they're going to be in the eighth to tenth position in the lottery. Carl Towns might go first. He's top three at worst. What about Jaleel Okafor? Jaleel Okafor is another guy who, if I were to jazz, I would, I mean. Is he too similar to Derek, though? That's the problem. Yeah. So, if if you got Jaleel Okafor, you got you to gotta figure out a way to make right. Derek power forward. Right. Carl Towns fits because he can stretch you out from the perimeter. But don't they need more wings? I mean, are Gor- no. Gordon, Rodney, and Alec, that's not enough nowadays, four. man. You got Who's Gordon. The, are you going to throw Joe Ingles in there? Yes. Oh that guy can See? play. All right. Let's talk about Joe Ingles. That guy can play. I like Joe Ingles a lot. Um, You don't like Joe Ingles? I'm not a fan. Why not? Um, I'm just not. Reminds you too much of Mike Hopkins? No. He'd be much more successful than Oh, He'd be don't, a successful don't, coach. Don't even start. Stand. Don't even start down the Syracuse-Georgetown road. You have a game to get to, Tony. We've answered our friend Jerry from East Magnus question, and I will destroy you with talk. Stanley Johnson. That's tournaments. who the Jazz should draft. The Jazz already have Alec Burks. What do you need Stanley Johnson for? You need another Alec Burks coming off the bench. But Rod- Rodney, Rodney Hood. He's going to shoot. Rodney's not Alec. Rodney's, Rodney's just going to shoot, man. You're not you're not Rodney Hood fan, you know. I, I like Rodney. I think he can shoot, but I'm saying you need another guy to come off the bench and get to the hoop. You need another piece, and I think that that piece is Carl Towns. Just one dude? Come on, man. You got to come up and get him. You got to come up with a nah, few. Well, yeah, you're right. We're eight games into the season, and Jerry from East Magna is asking us about <laughs> next year's draft. Let me tell you, last last week Jerry asked about the bees. So you don't know what you're going to get from Jerry. Jerry, we appreciate Jerry, the, the if you're questions. asking about the bees, I have to ask you what's going on in your life right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, yes. I don't know as though we want Tony. to insult our uh, Tony, our please. single emailer. <laughs> Benny, as Benny, for those as Benny listening at home. Salt Lake Bees t-shirt. Right. All right, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank Tony Jones for joining us. Tony, one last time on the Twitter account. How can they follow you? At T. Jones SL Trip. I promise to make it worth the ride. All right, Chris Camrani. Don't try to spell it. And Kevin Winter-Morris. I'm Ben Raskin. Thanks for listening. We'll listen to you next week. Thanks, Jerry. Talk to you later. Bye. Please hang up and try again. For Tribune Sports Radio, this is Ben Raskin. Our weekly podcast is recorded every Tuesday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes at Trib Sports Radio. And while you're there, please rate the show and give us some comments to help improve the podcast. All of our reporters' work can be found at sltrib.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Trib Sports Radio. Tweet us questions and the fellows will be happy to answer them. Or if you feel like writing an email, send it to Tribune Sports Radio, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.